Indie Film Society podcast for the week of April 27th, 2022. We are recording in Room 305 of E.L. Crosley Secondary School in Fond Hill, Ontario. In today's podcast, we will be talking about uh, two movies instead of just the regular one. Um, we'll be talking about Alex Garland's Annihilation and uh, Jeremy Saulnier's Green Room. I'm Anderson. Uh, so, uh, we sometimes start off with some news, but apparently we don't have any other news other than... Patrick drank strawberry Nesquik mixed with water. Yeah, I'm pointing at him right now. Do you think our listeners, even though they can't see us... If we gesture, they can feel. I feel like there is a point. Do you think they have their own ideas of what we look like? Should we just tell them? Should we tell them? How sexy do I look? (laughs) (laughs) How sexy do you sound? How sexy do they think I look based on what I sound? Mm -hmm. I wish I had a taller voice. Mm-hmm. You wish I had a taller voice? Yeah. yeah. I wish I could have like a 12-year-old boy. Sound like a 12-year-old boy? Would you rather sound like an 18-year-old boy? Sure. Yeah. Do you sound like a 12-year-old boy? I feel like how very like discord I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> Have you tried to change your voice? I don't know how to do that. Mm. 12-year-old boys. (laughs) (laughs) You are all 12-year-old boy. Patrick, how would you like to sound? Uh, I don't know. Noreen? I like your voice. Thank you. You're welcome. I dislike it when I hear it in a recording because it's I think very. I, yeah, everyone is like that, but like, I feel like when I hear it in, I think it sounds like a decibel lower. I feel like I sound like my dad. I thought most people's voices sounded deeper in their heads. Yes, not for me. Okay, so another example of Qum being broken. Yeah, okay. I'm backwards. I did just make strawberry nesquik. That you fed to your friend. Yeah, I mean I tried it myself as well. Mm-hmm. I actually tried it and then put more in, and then tried it again and then gave it. To and me. then you realized that it carbonated somehow. I. It carbonated for like a. I should have drank it yeah, while I'm it was like. like soda stream and then put that in it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, for the weekend. Yeah. We, <laughs> I want a soda stream milk. That's oh, on my bucket milk. list. I don't care. I want a soda stream milk. I want to know what it tastes like. Have you done that? I've watched someone do it. Okay. I just like. I like, like, 
like fruitier floats and such. So I feel like everyone's over exaggerating on like the carbonated milk aspect. I know it's not going to be sweet at all, but I still want to try it. There you go. Carbonate that dairy, bro. You could carbonate that milk and then freeze it and have like a fizzy milk slushie. That would be kind of good. That would be good. I would turn into a milkshake. Have you ever had carbonated, um, like, or like Coca Cola slushies? Like, they're still carbonated. It's weird though. If it, yeah. You have a slushie machine? That's fine. Can you make milk? Carbonated milk slushies sometimes. Yeah. Soda stream. Combine our powers. Yeah. We just need a way to freeze it at school. Freezer. We'll just bring it. We do have freezers. Okay, so we give you the carbonated milk to freeze. Yeah, we've done it. Just freeze milk and then shave it and then carbonate the shavings. Can you put <laughs> like, shavings and yeah. it would work? Sure. <laughs> you can do it in a tray and then like as it freezes from the top down, you just kind of like scrape it. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's like Italian ice. Mm -hmm. mm. People will want to eat the carbonated milk then. So that's our news. Yes. Uh, I think that <laughs> in traffic from the traffic copter, we haven't done that in a while. Um, I've only been watching Scream Queens because I noticed that it went to Disney. It is very, very, very fun and very dumb, um, but also very clever. Why is that a curse? <laughs> it's an interesting pattern. Um, but it's kind of... I, I like fun sort of horror things. It is kind of stupid, but plays around with, with tropes. Interestingly, it's a pseudo-esque sort of mystery. I think there's a lot to... Uh, it brings a lot to the table. And it's just fun. It, it, you can turn it on and not really pay a lot of attention to it. So it's a rewatch, but I was excited to see. And also, Disney's got some weird stuff, given that it's Disney. Like, that's an unusual choice. But I'm happy that it's there. So I think uh, I'm on episode eight or nine of season one. Do you have a favorite character? <gasps> she's my favorite, yeah. Um, she's Princess Leia's daughter, I think, right? Is that what she wears the earmuffs? Yeah, yeah, okay. I know in the story they wrote it in because somebody became obsessed with her ears, and so she had to cover them up, or else he was going to chop them off. Um, um, I really like Chad Radwell. 
And I've never seen him in anything else. And I think he's legitimately brilliant in that role. I encourage you've got Disney even going through. Oh, yeah. It's a gem. Uh, All right. Anyone else? You got a list? I do. Did you like all the really weird villains that pop up, like Condiment King? Yeah. Yeah. What uh, what kind of condiments do you think you would have? Would he upgrade? Okay. What about Sriracha? Do you have a brand of ketchup? No. No? Doesn't matter if it's Heinz or French's or no name. I don't. Okay. How old is this? I'm sorry. How old is this Percy Jackson going to be? Okay. So it'll be more book appropriate or closer to the books than the, the other ones. They're not very good anyways. Hades isn't going to track people through electronic devices. They do. Hades? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd like to see a monster hack. I'd like to see a Hydra hack. Yeah. Or Cerberus. Would he use his paws or his, like, snake tail? Or three tongues and all the heads? Okay. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. It's a huge keyboard. He smacks his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like heavy metal playing, so you hit things mm -hmm. with wily types. And yeah. interrupt you with some breaking news. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, June 17th, 2022, uh, Wally 2 is coming. What? Yeah. And I remembered seeing this. I don't know whether a dream or what, but I remembered Wally 2. I looked it up, and June 17th, 2022. And I. I would love to see that in theaters. Because uh, Revenge of the Auto, whatever that means. Or, oh, was the steering wheel. Oh, Auto was the steering wheel. I can't remember this. What was the little thing about him? Is he just gonna, like, like the gold one? No. Not evil. My theory is that Auto is gonna lift up the spaceship after everyone is gotten off onto Earth, and then he just comes back and crashes into the Earth. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Alright. <laughs> You're okay with these late sequels from yeah. Pixar? Yeah. yeah. Okay. How late it comes? Yeah. But sometimes you feel like the characters don't need to come back. Okay. Animated eight-year 
uh, show for eight-year-olds, I would definitely watch it. Yeah. If it's Wally, it's Wally. That's good enough for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. What is your favorite Pixar? Wally? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All of them? The Hamlet trip. On the oh, yeah? Okay. Uh, what's your favorite? I I think it's also Wally. Hold on, let me look up Pixar movies, because I might just be forgetting one. You're going to have to do this thing, because... I'm Can Rabbit you read through them? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, these are all new Pixar movies. Yeah. Ratatouille. Oh, Ratatouille. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Incredibles was also good. Yes. That was one of my favorites, too. I overwatched Incredibles. Same. Up was good. Mm -hmm. Up was really good. Yeah. I liked the montage at the beginning of Up. Mm -hmm. it's yeah. Very sad. But Monsters, Inc. is a Pixar movie. Don't remember that. <laughs> a Bug's Life. Also a good one. Oh. Cars. Don't forget Cars. Oh, yeah. I never watched And Cars 2. And Cars 3. And how about the one they made? I liked Brave. Brave is really creepy and I like it. I watched it again. Brave and Princess and the Frog are probably one of my favorite Pixar movies. I haven't seen The Princess and the Frog. It's really good. That's like Disney it. though, right? Yeah. Is it it's, Pixar? Or is it Disney I Pixar? I think it's just Disney, but like okay. I'm going off Disney princesses. There's a lot of good music in that movie. The villain music. Uh, what's his name? The Shadow Man. Mm -hmm. He has a really cool song. It's like voodoo. Okay, so what are you settling on for your favorite? I I think it's Wally. Perfect. Okay. Kuhn? Uh, I'm going to say Coco, but I would probably like Did you find it? I'm trying to, but... Okay, we'll try harder. Okay. Yeah, it only shows the new Pixar. Yeah, it's kind of... Um, Where are you? Google. And look at Wikipedia. I'm sure that will. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, this seems to be the. I found Wikipedia. Yeah, okay. Wikipedia. I really like Toy Story three. Is that the one with the bear? I think that that scene had a lot of emotional weight. I had a dream of uh, like little plastic army figures in my oven screaming, <laughs> like as they were like being baked alive, and like they just started screaming and like in the dream, like the camera zoomed into the oven and they were, yeah, it was just mortifying at like twelve years old. Yeah.
Yeah. We literally just watched Toy Story in my computer science class. Uh-huh. And, like, there are parts where, like, Woody gets burned by Sid with the magnifying glass, and he physically shows pain. But also at some points, like, when he's trying to scare Sid, he, like, twists his neck around fully. Ugh. Yeah. So, like, does he feel that, well, but just like has a, to ignore it? Toy physics are weird, because that's like a, it's a ball joint. It's spin. Mm. But like, no, like, because he's a rag doll. Oh. But his head is solid. I don't think it should be able to turn if he's, like, a toy. I don't think. Like, his, his head is plastic. Yeah. However, I thought that his head was like stitched on to mm-hmm. a body. Mm-hmm. Well, I think some of them began. I swear there was more. <laughs> hey, what do you got? Give us a list. Okay, so there's 25, it says. Um, apparently, I thought there was going to be more. Uh, Toy Story, Bugs Life, Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles. Cars, Ratatouille, Wally, Up, uh, Brave, Inside Out, The Good Dinosaur, uh, Coco, uh, Onward, Soul, Luca, and Turning Red. Oh, I really like Luca as well. I watched it like. You got my top ten. I liked. I liked. I liked Onward. Uh, Luca was good. It just felt, I don't know, fine. My impression as well. There's another later one that you mentioned that was like okay. Uh, a, a soul, I think. Soul. Soul is okay. I expected more. I haven't seen Good Times forever. I have not seen Good Times. Let's go back to Toy Story for a minute. Okay. I think it might be a toss-up between Ratatouille and Toy Story 3. <laughs> and then eat Ratatouille. I think Ratatouille as a dish sounds kind of bad. It's not good. It's just vegetables. With blended vegetables. I also don't like it. Okay, then we can watch Ratatouille and then eat Rats. Okay. There are vermin in the school. <laughs> we could set some traps. Hmm? What are their names? Um, Bob and Hernando. And there's um, Pascalina. <laughs> uh, okay, Jessica, did you say your favorite? Oh, Coco or Ratatouille, one of the two. After looking at the list, 
Okay. Um, yeah. Tell us. So, how many people have seen Batman so far? Should we have a bat chat? Bat chat? Did we really talk about it on another podcast? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Funny. I didn't find him terribly funny. That was the nicest carpet tucker I've ever seen so in my entire life. I like how the Riddler was a Twitch streamer. He literally. He's like, hey, Jack, I'm gonna go murder this guy. Got any tips? What do you think of his mask? The mm-hmm. Dumb. It made it better though because it was funny. In the comics, it's just like he just has like the yeah. little like mask around his eyes. Um, better than Catwoman's mask. Yeah, her mask was fairly pointless. <laughs> I think it would have been better if it didn't have the ears. It's so, it's so pointless. Like, what is she hiding? Her nose. The fact that she doesn't have hair. Well, and then if it's for extreme cold, her eyeballs would freeze. Should she have had a tail? Yeah, like an accessorized belt that just kind of hangs. Yeah. Or she can have a sidekick who carries the tail around for her. Wow. It's an arm. She only took one with her at the end. That's so sad. Yeah. I like that she had flat shoes and not high heels. That just seems practical. Smart footwear choice. Could you? Okay. Oh, okay. Cartwheels? Loud kitties at the golf course. What was the Riddler's mask? I thought it was like duct tape at first, but it's not. It's like. Is, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Catwoman's. Oh, okay. All right. What was the Saran Wrap for? Like, they said bring a Saran Wrap in some part of it for the people who were dressing like a Riddler. Oh, they wrap around the Oh, okay. Do you see? It's like the. It's the last Saran Wrap. 
Did anybody watch the deleted scene that has the Joker? No. There's a deleted scene. There's a deleted scene. You sure? I will pause. Okay. (laughs) So we just watched the deleted scene from The Batman featuring an appearance from the Joker. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was a deleted scene. They didn't have it in there because I feel like they already had the Riddler and the Penguin and they didn't have another I think it kind of spoils the end of the movie as well. I think it gives away something that uh, it's much better for it to be a surprise. Um, what do you think of the Joker? Yeah, yeah. that was very nice. The really patchy hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if I liked all of the the makeup like around his face, like on his forehead and stuff. It looked like it was just like like a Halloween mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, it looked like he was chewing on some barbed wire before that shot. It was just all torn apart. I'm I'm okay with that. It just looked like it was maybe like yeah, just too much. And maybe they never really finished the scene. Maybe they were going to do some after effects, possibly. It just looked a a little over-designed makeup-wise. But yeah, I'm happy that they didn't throw it in. I don't think that movie needed to be more bloated than it was. It's It's pretty long. Any other Batman stuff? I like the car. I think it's my favorite introduction for a Batmobile. Yeah. And it was pretty subtle. It's just like, oh, there it is. And it's started. I remembered when we saw it again. Every time, like both times, I guess, I watched that scene, I thought it stalled when he like started it and it stopped immediately and I was going to start laughing. But I realized it was supposed to be that way. I thought it looked really funny anyway. And that would fit because Batman makes some mistakes in that movie. He's not necessarily super good at Batmaning. That should have killed him. I like how he slammed into the bottom of it because he swung. Anyway, it was really, really good. Before he jumps, it's neat too that he just sort of stops and he's like, uh, and then he jumps anyways. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I also like Alfred a lot. Do you like the back cave? Yeah. There wasn't it was kind of empty, I thought, from what I saw. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was it wasn't underneath a manor or anything, right? It was just under the city. I don't know. Or did they never really define? I, I don't think they did. Yeah. I thought it was under the mansion. 
What about the um the eye like the contact lens technology? The way he had forced himself to watch the same gruesome thing over and over again to try and pull the meat out of it. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to for a detective, right, to be able to review those sorts of things. Which is sort of neat. Has anyone seen the movie Seven? I think so. Okay. Uh, the Batman, at least the, the Riddler part of the movie, was supposed to be heavily influenced by movie 7. That's the uh, Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah, and so the, the murderer is, is killing people, um, and each person is supposed to be uh, a representation of one of the Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah. I did watch that then. Okay. What did you think? I it's pretty gruesome. Or maybe not gruesome, it's dark. You don't really see the murders happen for the most part, it's just the aftermath. But uh, it's it's pretty affecting. I know somebody who, uh, who rented it uh, back when there were movie stores that you could rent movies from, and he rented it on a disc called a DVD. And right after he rented it, he walked outside and he threw the disc into a snow drift. Because he was just so disgusted with the the whole movie and how it made him feel. I think it's an outstanding movie. Uh, when did you see it? Uh, a while ago with my mom. Okay. She told me that I would like it, and I did. So. Okay. Uh, anything else? On your list? And Sonic 2? Was really good and will freak out at the end of the Uh, I don't mind, but. Okay. Did anybody yell at you to sit down? Oh, was anybody in the theater? Yeah. Okay. But they were also standing up. Better than the first one, or um, no, not? Heard that there was a lot less humans. Who's winning? Okay, what can gun stand for? Government under Nutella. Uh, 
guns undercover nations. Great that they made the assassin a gun. Um, but yeah, it was like set up by them and the husband agent, but he actually did. Did you cry? Okay. <laughs> My sister used to go on dates with friends where they would go to Hallmark stores and read cards and cry. <laughs> and then they would be like, I found a good one! And then they'd share it, and then they'd cry. Is it like laughing cry or sad? No, like sad cry. Yeah, so they would just, like, that would be their sort of uh, cathartic experience, just crying in a Hallmark store. Jessica, what'd you watch? Okay. That's not really a marathon. What are you going to chase that with? Not really cannibal, but okay. There is eating of people. Really 
They might rewrite it to keep the tone light. What if there's a carrot? You dangle a carrot for for Jeremy. It's a metaphorical carrot. You could promise a genuine knitted product. Me, I um definitely forget some of the movies that I watched, but uh, I watched Big Hero Six. Yeah, at one point, it took me like three sittings to watch it because I just found other stuff to do. <laughs> like, so I watched because the third. You're bored? Not bored. I just like, no, like, bored. like, I would get called up for dinner, and then I'd go eat dinner, and then I completely forgot that I was watching Big Hero Six. So I went to go do something else. Uh, that happened like twice, so it took me three sittings to actually watch it, but I like it. I like that movie. Uh, I watched Mulan also, because I didn't remember the a cartoon or the live action. Cartoon. I didn't remember a single thing about it, and I liked it. I thought it was good. I watched The Batman, 
that thing that we were talking about for a while before. Um, I watched a movie called Last Looks. It's like a detective noir mystery, except the detective is a um, fucking. He lives, he lives very ecologically friendly. Okay. And it's weird because, like, he's looking into an actor who's always drunk, and he ends up questioning people that you wouldn't really expect, like, a kindergarten teacher. It, it's, it was weird. I kind of liked it, but it was kind of also nothing for me. I would have to watch it again to fully understand it. Um, and then I've been watching uh, Firefly on Disney+. Plus. Um, I'm at episode 9. I've seen it before a couple times. Uh, it's a good show. I wish that it didn't get cancelled. Um, did you see the movie that concluded? I did see the movie, and I remember not liking it. Oh, really? I thought the movie was alright. I just... I don't know. I really liked the show, and I wasn't too big on the movie. Um, but yeah, the show's good. It's half <laughs> after watching um, Cowboy Bebop, I keep on expecting to see CU Space Cowboy at the end of every episode because that's what they write at the end of Cowboy Bebop, and they're both the same genre because they're both space cowboys, basically. Um, it took me a while to get into that show, um, into Firefly. Yeah. Um, for for whatever reason, the the sci-fi western sort of thing didn't work for me initially. Normally, I would western in general doesn't really seem to pique my interest that much, but I really liked Firefly. Well, the, the only reason that I stayed with it is a friend had. So this was before streaming. A friend had lent me the the season, and so I put in the first disc and had four episodes. And so just stayed in the player until I finished the four, but I probably would have not continued after the second episode. What do you think of it? I really liked it. Um, it just needed to grow on me a yeah. little bit. Um, the I production's like, not also great. Yeah. I like the fact that it's a like a, a sci-fi space setting, and there are pretty much no aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, the and they're human. And they're human, yeah. Sorry. It uh, it has a really good sense of character. Everybody, like every member of the crew, is is distinctly different. They have different speech patterns. They they're different. They have like a different kind of vernacular that they would use. Um, I think Joss Whedon, as a writer, had a really good ear for that. Um, have you watched any of his other? things uh do you know there's mm-hmm. buffy the vampire slayer i haven't but i've heard of it i'd like to see it and uh he had an interesting sci-fi show called dollhouse i think the premise of this movie is really neat um so there's this company that will offer um prospective employees a huge amount of money so basically, you will never have to work again. And so you donate five years of your life to this company, and they will take you. They download your personality into a hard drive, 
And then they use you as, they call you a doll. And then they rent you out. And they reprogram you to fit whatever environment you're moving into. And so sometimes it's like people will hire, they will go to the dollhouse and want a doll, male or female, want a doll um, that might fit like a romantic desire, but it could also be the, like a government needs a certain type of spy. And so they would go. And so it's really kind of, and I thought an interesting premise where you, you lose five years of your life. You don't remember any of this stuff. And then like, you're just like a shell for them to put a certain skill set into. Um, and then a glitch kind of happens where the dolls start to remember who they are. It's a TV show. Dollhouse. Yeah, yeah but the Westworld are like the robots. Yeah. But they get reprogrammed. Yeah, so similar. They in Westworld they start to remember like their other incarnations, right? Their their yeah. other programmings. Um Westworld was really good for yeah, one I season. Watched the first season of I'm on it and I I would not bother with the second season. Uh we started it and then it stopped. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe it's for some people, it just, it went in a direction that I couldn't care less about. I, I wanted to go more in the direction that they were going in the first season, and then they decided to opt it for what seemed to be like an action show. Um, yeah. I do recommend Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, highly. You might want to skip the first season. I'm having a lot of difficulty finding the um, motivation to watch live action TV shows for some reason. I'm kind of stuck in just animated ones and just now watching Firefly it's like the first one that I'm able to effortlessly watch so um, I'll probably check out Buffy and see if that would have the same effect. It might be well it's probably top five favorite TV shows yeah. for me but the first season's pretty rough. It was like a mid-season replacement. I'll power through it. <laughs> um, but it, it gets pretty good season two. Um, oh, and I wanted to mention that um, Firefly was an interesting case in that it was it was a show that got canceled like close to the end of the first season. I think they were canceled like mid-season, but they had already filmed part of like the end of the season. Um, and then the fans supported the show so much after it was canceled that they decide to make a movie to finish the first season, which is kind of neat that like the, the fans are like, this sucks. Like you, you, you took the show away from us. And so eventually they got like the end where I would imagine most of the time, all of the time with the exception of that movie, it's just kind of done. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I watched Firefly. It's a good show. I love it. Um, and I watched a tiny bit of some of the new uh, season, I know season 13 of Doctor Who and then it just kind of reminded me how disappointed I was in the latest seasons. Um, the original, like, the, the first 
seasons, not the original Doctor Who that's like black and white and such, uh, the newer series. Um, I always thought it was just kind of fun aliens doing fun alien things, and then come the last few seasons with the female Doctor, um, it's all been about like moral. Uh, Moral lessons, and it really sucks because I don't want to be told about climate change in this TV show that's about a person climbing on a phone. I like the doctor; I think she plays it well. I just think that the writing has gone to absolute crap. It's too sad. I think they replaced a lot of people in Doctor Who, like the the writers. Oh, yeah, that would uh, like the showrunners and stuff. That would make sense considering how different it is and how. Awful it is. I really like that show, and it's kind of a shame to see it. I think a lot of the same people that were involved in bringing the show back when they did the reboot were also the people that were doing the Sherlock Holmes TV show. Oh. And that's a pretty good show. Yeah, I love Sherlock. I thought that was a great show. And I, I like the format of it being almost like little mini movies. I guess... Um, with the concept of Doctor Who being more lighthearted, they might have taken it in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So I assume if you wrote that show, Sherlock, then it's just, yeah, it's just a little disappointing. Well, I still have 11 other seasons that I can watch whenever I want, so. I don't think you're the only person that feels that. I talked to Mr. Cairns, and I think he, he feels the same sentiment. Emily? So, almost everything I watched were rewatches. First, I watched Deadpool with these two. Have, had you guys seen it before then? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No? Did you like it? It was great. I watched the second one at 4 a.m. the next morning. <laughs> I like the second one better. It's. I like the first one better. Like, it's because it was the first one. The British one? I thought he was from New Zealand. Isn't he from, uh, I'm sure the water people? Yeah. Yeah, that kid. I don't really even remember the second one. He's got the the fireballs. And the juggernaut. The New Zealand kid. It was good. I just like the first one better. Um, I think I liked Deadpool to have more people to bounce off of because I find him pretty obnoxious. I'm not sure if that's the case. They didn't even like talk or anything, right? It was just like you only saw him when he died. I think they said that like he thought he was running late to their meeting to see him. Because there was just nothing standing there, no noise. Okay. <laughs> I also watched Black Widow yesterday, which, like, it's a good movie. I like Yelena. She's awesome. And having, like... Is she the sister? Yeah. I, having, like, a, like more than one female lead role is really cool in Marvel movies. Um, I watched it part two, which, eh. <laughs> uh, Sing 2 was the new one I watched, which was good, because it's just music so i enjoy it 
and I watched Jackass Forever again. Was that good? I mm, no. I don't know. Okay. I, they're like passing off the torch to new people, and I think that it should have ended with them because it was like their thing. But it's funny, you know. Okay. Cool too. Uh, I really enjoyed the explosions in that. They were fun. Mm -hmm. And just the way the story loops around and goes back and forth and through and tries to bring all the pieces together for you. That's fun to me, not having all the details, but kind of building it along the way for yourself. That's cool. Um, a movie I haven't watched, but I'm definitely going to watch as soon as I get home. Uh, when you mentioned Seven, my brain could only think of Nine, which is like little animated rag dolls in a or voodoo dolls in a post-apocalyptic world. It's the yeah. most terrifying movie that I watched when being and, babysat. Oh, <laughs> I loved that. Like, oh, I, was, you know, I loved it, too. It was horrifying to see this ragdoll get turned inside out and used as a hypnotizing snake. Yeah. It's horrific. And it's amazing. I was, do not want to get pictures, but... Yeah. It was... That's just such a pretty one that came to my brain, and I can't wait to watch it and talk about it. The end of the world happens, um, wars, and this doctor tries to save humanity by taking his soul out of his body and putting it inside of these dolls. But then there's like big robots that want the dolls' souls. Mm -hmm the humans have previously used in the wars that ended the world. Yeah, so it, I don't because that was on like Cartoon Network. I don't know how it managed to get there. I really think it, it'll live up to when it, like it'll still be good now. It won't be dated at all. I, watched it. I, I don't I know where it to you though. It's still amazing. Yeah. 2009 I think it's cool. And I watched so it so many times when I was little. I, really I want to watch it again. Like, you want to watch The Iron Giant? Just like, really? Or something, and my brain like clicked it up. <laughs> I just remember the train scene for yeah. some reason. I really like the line. The, the lion. <laughs> the Iron Giant. <laughs> the Iron Giant. Okay. I do like that a lot. I don't know. His best performance, probably. Uh, I don't know why I have such a emotional attachment to it. Like I, I feel like the movie's not sad, but I, like, it it's hits me. Yeah. Like, there's something. The truth of the, <laughs> yeah. like, the animation in the Iron Giant. I think it's a really pretty movie. And it, it flows nicely. The movements look almost, I think it's called rotoscoped, mm -hmm. where they film a person and they animate over top of it. Like, that's yeah. that's how it kind of moves. Like, it feels, I don't know, weighted. things of that movie was when he was first, the giant robot was first learning to talk, and the jaw was just moving all different weird directions. That sticks out in my memory. Sticks out in my memory is the giant doing a cannonball, and the dude gets washed away into the river. <laughs> it's a good that's movie. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Well, something that uh, some of us watched, but not all of us, was um, Annihilation, directed by Alex Garland. Uh, and the Internet Movie Database says that it's a biologist signing up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. 
Um, and it stars Natalie Portman and Jennifer Jason Lee and Tessa Thompson uh, and some other people um, making a, another appearance uh, in a Alex Garland movie is Oscar Isaac minus the beard. Um, what do you guys think? Considering I had a dream, kind of focused mm-hmm. around consuming vocal cords and using someone else's voice. Mm. After this movie? After the movie, yeah. No, not before. That'd be kind of cool though. But yeah. That scene is is very interesting and and tight. The uh, the idea of being confined and having this monster roam around. Mm-hmm. Pretty spooky. It wasn't even that. I just really liked the bear. Like, I thought it was so cool. Like, the, the visual design and of the, it? And, like, what it was. Like, mm-hmm. it lured people with other people's voices, which, like, yeah. is the thing, but not in the zombie bear, which I thought was epic. The mandible jaw was really cool, too. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, was that, was that, like, exposed skull, or is that, like, a pattern on its... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, I um, I whistle to call my dog back. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, a, a long time ago, I was trying to get be- Bentley back inside, and I whistled, and I swear I heard something whistle the exact same way back at me. Mm. And I didn't really think much of it, and then a little bit ago, I read online that uh, they will whistle as well back at you. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm like, out at night and I hear whistling, I hear whistle back. I can't whistle. My house? Maybe. Maybe. Should it come in? <laughs> I did. Salty water. And... <laughs> scones. And scones that are supposed to be muffins. And cookies that are a soup. Occasionally. Occasionally. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, great, man. Yeah. Salty waffles. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make waffles for you guys that aren't salty at some point, so that they're really good, though. No problem with salty waffles with peanut butter and honey on top. That was, that's great, man. One time, after Christmas, we had a bunch of leftover stuffing, and then we just got a new waffle maker. And so I was like, stuffing waffles? Sounds good, right? No. No. For whatever reason... Stuffing in stuffing form is excellent. You take that same stuff and you just press it and you burn the outside. Not so great. What if you didn't have the waffle maker on and you just pressed it into a waffle shape? Form it? The form. That might be okay. But why? Why not? Okay. Waffle stuffing. Uh, maple syrup. You put like potatoes on top of it. Like, like the like butter. I would yeah. definitely try maple syrup on stuffing. Mm-hmm. Like, put maple syrup on everything, including spaghetti. I have pulled them out before. 
No, I was, you mentioned the waffle. I was thinking, what if I took stuffing and smushed it into like ice cube trays? Then we could have like stuffing cubes. Cranberry juice. Put them in cranberry, cranberry, cranberry juice. juice. There you go. So, okay. Let me know how it turns out. Okay. I can't wait. Okay. The waffles were salty, by the way, because I used salt that was very thick and chunky. Oh, okay. And we didn't have any other salt, and it did not salt. So. I thought maybe it was salty because you used salt instead of sugar. It was just salt. So, like pretzel salt, kind of? Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, we've been making waffles and then freezing them and then just throwing them in the toaster. So it's like Eggos, but they're actually really good quality. Yeah. So. so back to Annihilation. Oh, annihilation. Um, so the skull bear mimic scene you liked. Mm -hmm. What else? Like the, the shimmer? Yeah. Is that what they called it? Yeah. yeah. Colors constantly. And flowers. There were deer at some point that had like flowers in it. Those were so cool. Yeah, those were nice. The, the flowers that were growing in the shape of humans? Those, I think those were those things growing in humans. Well, the way that they described it in the movie was that these flowers had somehow adopted human DNA. His DNA was being retracted. And then he could... I think that's a crazy idea. That's a, yeah. Because, like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but that kind of is a good thing because it opens up to whatever you want. Like, and they don't need to explain it away. Yeah. It's just, here's this really bizarre circumstance. And what if? And they don't... It, it's like when you're watching a zombie movie. It's like, why are they rising from the dead? Like, come up with whatever kind of loopy excuse that you want. And so it's some sort of meteorite carrying something impacts the earth and it has this unusual effect and it's just like what if we threw everything into a kaleidoscope and i really liked how different that was like it was it was a horror movie kind of like a thriller but it was not something i'd seen before which was neat with the application of a lot of um like reflections and rainbows and flowers and the shapes of humans it it had almost like a happy vibe but it was also horrifying. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Because also, like, that trace of the flowers and then died. It was in his organs. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was also a neat way of bringing back horrors that other people had experienced in there, mm -hmm. like using yeah. those cameras. And so it's kind of like you get two expeditions mm -hmm. in there. We've never seen a crossword tree show off before. <laughs> <laughs> funny to me. It's that neat kind of horror. I th um, uh, Midsummer does it, yeah. where it's it's daytime and horrific things are happening, but then also it's very beautiful. people hang themselves off cliffs. That was a little. That was neat. Yeah. I actually. Slaves, then it was sacrificed, and then there was a blood eagle in it. 
Apparently Vikings did that. Yeah, that's yeah. why it was in there because it was about um, a girl with mental illness trying to deal with the loss of her loved one who was brutally murdered by Vikings. Oh, okay. It's a really good game. That process is terrifying because you are still alive if they do it properly. Yeah. So we have to think about it properly. Uh, it's when they split the skin open and like pull your ribs out with the flesh, but from the back. They make you look like they, 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 they bring your lungs through your back, like through your ribs in the back, so your lungs are on the outside. It's called a blood. I thought it was an angel. Okay. Okay. And so your your lungs are on the outside as you breathe, like your lungs. Yeah. Have you seen Midsummer? Don't watch it don't, with your mom. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't watch it with your mom. I think I should watch it. <laughs> I uh, watched it with my, my dad and my stepmom. And my dad would it. I think it's great. It's the most effective horror movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And making you feel the most uncomfortable possible. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that movie <gasps> definitely sticks with you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bite like Midsummer was. <laughs> that makes me think of a uh, an animated movie called um, Everything Is Beautiful. It has a similar effect. We should maybe watch that. It's it's an animated stick figure movie about mental health. It's I think. Phenomenal and very affecting. Uh, there's two images that come to mind when I think about annihilation. One is the um, the the human plants, and then the other one is the there's a the guy's body who's growing into s'mores. Some s'mores, spores, spores. spores. I'm hungry. Um, so, I I wasn't in the room when this part happened, so I hope I'm remembering it right, but his body was down below, and then there's, like, a rock formation, I think, and then, like, the spores just sort of, like, manipulated his body up the wall. Yeah, something like that. They were in the bottom. He was in the bottom of a pool. And like, oh, okay. So his head was connected, like, six feet up in the air along the wall. It was very interesting. But wasn't it really colorful? I remember yeah, it being very colorful. Like, I'm curious where those eel uh, intestines went, because that was the same guy from the video. They found the knife in the water. Yeah, maybe. Went for a swim. Like the um, the glass trees, like the crystal mm-hmm. trees inside of the. Um, this I thought those were amazing. Yeah. That's a neat thing that you get when you have this bonkers idea. You you have this conceit or this like high concept science fiction horror thing, and all of a sudden you can do anything. It's almost like a canvas, right? Where the the effects designers are just we can do anything. Um, rainbows are normally associated with kind of happiness right now, but along like before. Rainbows were associated with bad omens. They were like warnings. 
Uh, I'm not sure which cultures featured that, but I do remember hearing about that. Like, rainbows were like a signal for bad things to come, which I thought would kind of matches the movie pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I mention the the, the monster? Nope. Like the okay, cool. No. I'm gonna do it anyway. Okay. The like mimic monster. I didn't like the design of it because I thought it was too cartoony, but I loved the sound that it yeah. made. I thought that it like it made me feel so anxious, and I loved that because that's what it was supposed to do. Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. I'm happy you said that because everybody else was loving the design. Yeah. I I that's the one thing that felt a little lazy visually yes. to me. Okay. The like the thing that it turned into when it took the other lady, like the the spiraling thing, was cool. But oh, then okay. it like turned into a person, and it was like, mm-hmm. eh. yeah. Um, oh, oh, so you're jumping to the end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't like. I'm sorry. I don't like the design of the person, but I really loved it when it got shot and the bullets went through the body and went further through it and made tendrils. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, like almost like um, like it was tentacles like, coming in its back. Yeah. It was like the bullets would go through and then they were kind of held in place by the whatever matter that thing was made of. looked really cool, but yeah. The, I don't know, the orb thing that it was in the sound. Yeah. The sound design in the movie is incredible too. Like the, the score and everything's really neat. Um, I liked that prolonged her looking into like the mouth of whatever it was and how bright and colorful and how it moved. It was very, very trippy. Uh, so you didn't like metal lady? No. What about what happens with metal lady? I don't. Yeah. Why did it like, go back down there? Sometimes it was mimicking it. Mimicking it. Sometimes it yeah. wasn't. It was weird. It wasn't really making sense to me. Yeah. I I am uncertain what to make of it. Because it stopped her from going through the door. But it stopped her from going through the door because she was running towards the door and it was behind her, right? So but, she reached the door and it's right behind her. And then it, she turn around and then turn around and it would go to the opposite wall. Like, but she couldn't turn around because it was right up against her. But like... Getting to the door, they were both running in the same direction, and that doesn't really make sense because one of them would have to turn around. Yeah, if it was mirrored, it was so true. there's like just convictions with how this creature works. So maybe rather than a mirror, it was a central point of the window. Just that's where it came from. That's what kind of resonated with them, copied in that direction. And that it would run to get to the door with her, but also when she ran away after putting the phosphorus grenade in his hand, it just stood there. Uh-huh. But it had nothing to fear, right? No. Like, it, it clearly, like, didn't understand what it was doing at all. Like they said, like, it didn't even realize that it was there. That's what she said. And she, like, long. <laughs> I don't remember that. No, it uh, lit all the vines on the top of the lighthouse. Like, it just reached on the walls and touched the flames that was engulfing it onto all the roots and the, the glass trees. It didn't, I don't think it burned the glass trees, but like, 
as the roots of that died, so mm-hmm. the trees fell with it. I thought it was trying to understand her. Yeah. And so part of that was mimicking her. I, I would imagine that it would eventually become her, just like what happened to her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that what happened to him was very much like what she went through, and so that's how we end up with the doppelganger him that comes back. And it might not be cognizant or necessarily self-aware. I think it was just trying to understand itself. And so it, it had some of her DNA, and so it was becoming her. And so it was almost like it was studying her in a way. I don't need to understand what it was doing to to enjoy it. And it can be illogical and and with it working in, in ways that I don't understand doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't work. It just means that I don't, I don't get it. Most of the movie works in ways that Like, it could be plot holes, I guess, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with giving it a reason to... the, the, the reason of the doubt, yeah. I suppose, because I, I think that it's stunning. I think that it's really interesting. It might be slow. Did you find it slow? What do you think of the it being kind of the opposite of the thing, or maybe not the opposite, but it's like more of like a, a feminine version of it? Why did they send women in? They, okay. Army experience and the others had experienced something, and that was it. There is nothing about them being women and maybe being. No? Mm-hmm. I did like how uh, Uri would consider the protagonist the one who follow along, and her husband, uh, how she was like. A teacher, and she was going through um, cancer at the time, mm-hmm. and like tumors, and then as she was examining the her own DNA under the microscope, it was very similar to the tumor in the way that the DNA was very rapidly dividing and multiplying. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked that, even if it was a little subtle or missable. That was cool. Do you think there's some sort of metaphor in it? Probably. I would imagine for relationships because she's going through a, a difficult time with her husband and she's cheating on him. And then there's this horrific element in horror often works in metaphorical ways. The concept of refraction seems often very dreamlike scenarios. Like things don't really seem real. Even at the beginning of the movie, when they enter the shimmer, they forget the first few days mm-hmm. of them being inside show like I don't know how you could feel uh dissociated from the reality of things aren't going your way in a relationship. I I've never been in a relationship, so I wouldn't know. But I can very much understand that concept and how like sometimes things just don't make sense and there's no real reason behind it. And I I yeah that metaphor makes a lot of sense. Well in the end she finds her husband, but it's not really her husband, and she's not really her. Is that? 
No. But but she's changed, right? Like she, like she has been refractive. Okay. So, so it wasn't a mimic, but it was right. something different about her. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's yeah. relationships are like that, right? The self changes to a degree and you might enter into a relationship with somebody who who you think you know and then they, they change over time and you change too, but the the people that enter the relationship are not the people that's going to leave the relationship. No, just in relationships, uh, I and friends have observed like I'm very different in a relationship as out of a relationship. Like just my focus, my attention, uh, the way I act, the way I talk, everything it's all changed because of something small like that. I, I don't know. I'm not sure I'd say a relationship is something small. Well, those ones are. <laughs> Uh, and when you're in a relationship, I think that you change, you alter the other person. That might be the refraction part. And then like the beautiful and the awful at the same time, relationships are definitely, I think, sort of like that. There's, um, thinking about it, a lot of people kind of avoid change, but change is kind of inevitable. They like staying in the same place whereas going to changing yourself or others changing kind of like implies a danger so like everyone doesn't want the shimmer to change them but it's happening whether they want to or not and there's no way to go back but sometimes change is beautiful and sometimes change is awful and it can hurt you but sometimes change is what you need so like just that idea in a relationship, both of you are going to change. There's no way to avoid that. And you may match worse or better together as you change. And you kind of just have to accept that that's a And then there's probably something about the lighthouse being their destination as well. The structure that's put there to, to warn people, to show them the way. Keep them safe. Yeah. Also, um, with the the mimicking thing, um, in relationships, you tend to pick up little like words or hand movements or like something from the people you're with. Like with my friends, I pick up words and like phrases from them all the time. It just depends on who I see all the time that like changes a little thing about me, which is could be related to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they even say it doesn't have to be like a romantic relationship, like your relationship with your friends. Um, I think this is true, but apparently when girls spend a lot of time together, their cycles will That's mesh a up. Thing. That's a real thing which is, I don't understand. <laughs> it's, I, I would imagine it's some sort of like pheromonal, biological something. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how a tree in one location will be afflicted with some sort of disease and it will somehow notify trees around it. And they'll drop their leaves so they don't get hit by it. And uh, randomly screamed, and then when he went to scream again, I was perfectly in tune with him, perfectly on the note with him. Like same variation and everything. Okay. We were perfectly in harmony. You guys are synced up. Yeah. I went ah, and then he went ah as I went ah. We also said hello, so our second period in the same song. Same yeah. Time. It could also be um, the loss of identity, or 
Yeah. Like individuality. Mm-hmm. As you spend more time with someone, you're going to pick up their mannerisms and you may start to like see a reflection of themselves in you or vice versa. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think of the framing elements of um, Benedict Wong interviewing uh, Natalie Portman? How it kind of, you kind of, we have that sort of like Q and A, and then we go to the Shimmer, and then we come back, and there's more. I like that because um, when you see that, you're like, "Oh, she survived," but there's something wrong with her. What's wrong with her? And you watch like what happens, and that's cool. Like a bit of a, it takes away the mystery on whether or not she survives, mm-hmm. which is kind of unfortunate. But it also brings the question of what's happened after this, because you have all of these people in hazmat suits asking her, like, how did this happen? So you're wondering, what were the events afterwards? And you wonder what the other characters that went in yeah. there with her. It grounds it, I think, a little bit too, because it's it's a pretty peculiar movie, and for them to go back to this kind of Q and A section, session, I think, gives you like a little break from that. Um, a neat thing about this movie, Alex Garland, uh, he wrote the script for it after he read the novelization, um, but he read the novelization, he kind of liked it, and then when he went to write the script, it was like a few months later. And he really didn't remember a whole lot of what happened. And so he just wrote this script about what he kind of remembers it being about. Which is really kind of cool. So it's it's like him taking the essence of a story, but then fleshing it out in, a, in his own way. Because you both have the source material in mind, but you don't have so much of it that you feel incentivized to just recreate it inside of this different media and instead you can build your your new format inside like with consideration of the new media that you're building it inside so it actually works better Mm -hmm. so maybe the book annihilation wouldn't have worked at all in a movie format because he read it and then forgot a lot of it i read it i don't think it would have been a good film there you go so he wouldn't have been shackled by the book Mm -hmm. to recreate it as best as possible when i hear a a cover song i hate it when a band just basically does a song again but with maybe different instruments or possibly with a different kind of distortion on the guitars or something but it's, it's got basically the same tempo uh, the lyrics are the same. It's in the same genre. I much prefer a band to to take a song and, and do their version of it as opposed to just them doing somebody else's version of that same song. And this feels like a riff on an idea as opposed to, yeah, a transposing. Which I think is kind of neat. Uh, any... Anything else? Favorite scenes? Favorite anything? Things you didn't like? The crocodile? It was weird because like what was different about it other than it was big? Didn't it have like a spiral of teeth inside of it? Oh yeah. It had multiple different... It was like the flowers that had all the different types of flowers and 
on its yeah. vines, it just had all different kinds of teeth inside of its mouth. I, I think we bring up that request that you get to the White House with, with these invitations, and that was kind of stolen I wasn't here for that part. Was it a, a white crocodile? Okay. They do. Um, but I, in my brain's memory, I, I thought that it was almost like a turbine inside of it, like like almost like a meat grinder. No? It was just rows and rows of teeth. Okay. 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 I didn't like one girl walked out of frame and into a field with a bunch of flower people and just disappeared. Yeah, that's where I drew the connection that, like, before that, you had seen, like, leaves and stuff just sprouting. Mm-hmm. So I got the impression that all those people, like, were people that became mm-hmm. flowers rather than flower imitating people. I got that impression as well. I just, it was just kind of weird that it just happened. <laughs> It happened in like a minute, and then we were done with it. It's like, okay, that was like the second last person here. You'd think you'd have the loss of another party member to be a little bit more significant. That really freaks me out, and I'm not exactly sure why. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Like, in a way, she's lucky. She had the most peaceful definite development. Yeah. Yeah. She she got to become one with the earth and just be... And she's living as a plant. Mm-hmm. She expressed um, a want for it to happen, also, right before it. So it wasn't forcibly happening. She essentially let it happen herself and wanted to become that flower. Yeah. Speaking mm-hmm. of, I really like that. Because yeah. when she found the body... I was like, oh, it's going to look really cheesy, but it looked really good. Like, the way they did it was really nice. It was gory and, like, gross, but it was nice. I had not thought about the fact until I think Patrick mentioned it that um, the bear ate the vocal cords because the entire, like, lower jaw and neck was just missing. And I thought that was a really neat touch. There's something about Jaws in Alex Garland's movies, because, like, Ex Machina, um, the robot, I forget which one, gets her jaw torn off, and then there's the eating of the the vocal cords and the bottom jaw, but then when the bear comes back to attack them in the hut, she gets her jaw ripped off mm-hmm. as well. There's a lot of removing of the... Yeah. yeah. The skull was, like, up higher than the yeah. Um, I wonder what his interest I in that. So, it's, I think so it's really morbid. <laughs> it is. Like, well, yeah, it's it just like, yeah. And imagine what that would be like. I it's 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 graphic in a very particular. You wouldn't be able to breathe, right? I'm pretty sure you need your tongue. Yeah. Well, your tongue would still be in your throat. Well, yeah, that would be. Well, yeah. 
really banished that. <laughs> You'd be drinking for the you wouldn't be able to see. Unless you get like a metal jaw. That would be really cool. Hydraulic plate. The only thing is that you'd probably need to get like dentures for the top part of your teeth as well. Because they would just shatter. You would just. You can bite off your tongue and like a robot jaw would be like bad. Maybe you just get like a tongue sheath. Like a Like a little pocket. What if you stuff your tongue into chew? Yeah. Also, that it's smaller so that you can't put it under or over the teeth. How are you going to clean your teeth? Okay. Uh, stars for. Annihilation. I give it a five. A five? Okay. I, I like the idea of it. I thought it was cool. It didn't make my brain happy. Okay. The only thing was like the, the dude looked dumb, but I can deal with that. Yeah. I've seen smaller scales. Uh, I like it a lot. I, there was just like a, a few tiny things that it, it didn't agree with me but most of it it was it was really good i thought the visuals were nice and uh the concept was quite interesting oh um 4.5 good movie. okay good movie. i think i'm a 4.5 as well uh I like to put it, I think that the design is really interesting. The, it's the kind of science, like, I don't think it's straight horror. I think there's science fiction elements as well. And it's my favorite kind of science fiction where it's just, here's a bonkers idea. Don't have to explain it. Let's just explore the weird, crazy stuff that can happen. I don't think it's being taken very seriously compared to more lighthearted science fiction where you kind of half feel that it's just kind of like some adventure that you're supposed to go on that's kind of fantastical in a way. But um, I really do enjoy the genre of those two mixed together. There's some incredible imagery. I think whoever worked on the, the designs had probably a blast. It was beautiful. Uh, I also liked that it felt a little bit like an art house movie and we get to the end and there's just really weird, crazy stuff happening. Mm -hmm. Big tinfoil person dancing with a human and what, what does it mean? And I, I like movies that make me go, what? I think it's one of those movies that it benefits from a rewatch. I don't know if you're going to notice anything more, but I think that because it's so weird, it's hard to maybe judge it on a first watch because it's just like, what is going on? 
Yeah. Good, but it's I like the other movies better. I'll definitely rewatch it because there's definitely some details and things I did miss because I usually first watch I'm completely absorbed in the plot of it rather than having things surrounding. So I think I'll gain something from watching it again. Yeah. Uh, on the tomometer, tomato meter, tomometer, tomometer, uh, it's at eighty-eight percent from the critics, but sixty-six percent from the audience. Four point three is an eighty-five out of ten, or eighty-five out of hundred. So okay, that was close. Pretty good. Um, and the consensus is Annihilation backs up its sci-fi visual wonders and visceral genre thrills with an impressively ambitious and surprisingly strange exploration of challenging themes that should leave audiences pondering long after the end credit rolls. And I think that's probably pretty accurate, actually. All right, uh, on to a different type of horror movie. Are you guys going to skip? Patrick. 40. Okay. Uh, so Green Room is directed by Jeremy Saulnier, and the description on IMDb is, I said IMDb, is a punk rock band is forced to fight for survival after witnessing a murder at a neo-Nazi skinhead bar. It's incredible. Um, I will say completely up front, this movie is a five star for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe avoid spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. You should watch it. We should watch it. Yeah. That sounds really good. Okay. Well, you can step away if you want. You haven't seen it all yet, though. The last twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Not very nice. <laughs> so there are Nazi skinheads. There are also non-Nazi skinheads, but there's not very many. So, so they're they're racist people, and they shave their heads. To other parts of the United Kingdom, <laughs> that didn't really explain much. Are we talking about pop culture? <laughs> so, like, see racist teenager jerks. They want to get rid of all non-white people, and they celebrate. Yeah, yeah. He from American History X. He's a skinhead. Okay. There you go. Have you seen American History X? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Okay. Um. Thanks. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think of Green Room? Yes, that was ballsy, and that's why they got on the stage. And well, before they get on the stage, he's like, "Guys, I've got a dumb idea," and then he gets on stage. I don't know if I can do it. He's like, "You can't back out now," and then they play it, and that's why they're getting like bottles thrown at them and stuff. That is pretty funny. Uh, the beginning of the movie is kind of lighthearted, given where it 
sort of goes. Yeah, crashing into the, the field of um, the field of corn. The moment that I knew that I was going to love the movie is when they go to siphon the gas and it's just like this little panning shot of them on the bike and the, the camera's just right beside them, kind of like just moving along with them. Um, and then there's the um, Anton Yelchin scene where he like he'd fallen asleep early and everybody like drew on his face and yeah. and they do the interview and they find out that the gig that they're supposed to play falls through and so they end up playing in like a cafe yeah. all of that's fairly light Yeah, it, all it was was like walking back into a room and <laughs> true. Or if you murder somebody, lock the door. But it was their room. I wonder what the plan was. What were they waiting for? They had killed her. Yeah. Darcy, which is the least cool skinhead name I can think of. Yeah, me too. He's also not a very cool skinhead. Okay. I can be a bad guy. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so back to green room. Um do you think that it effectively created tension? <laughs> when uh, when the girl throws the um, the light tube, I thought that's pretty funny. Oh, for sure. The movie plays along with expectation, I think, really well. In like, in a scene like that where like they're getting psyched up and they go and there's nothing. Yeah. Um, and it seemed, at least for me, it lulled me into 
a, a state of mind where I wasn't expecting the violence every time it happened. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think the first... So you, you see the girl with the, the knife sticking out of her head, and, like, it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that comes out of the blue. And then I think Worm, who is terrifying, mm-hmm. the, the big skinhead who, who killed her. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, no, he's not the guy with the gun. Um, he's the guy that... Um, no, the guy with the gun gets the stomach cut open. Go- Worm is the guy who killed her, who, like, yes, what their third song on the set was. Oh, and he's like, too. that's the one I killed her to. And he's, like, so creepy. Oh, but then, like, the, her whole body, like, lifts up with it. And so that was like, oh, and then I kind of forgot about that. And then there's the box cutter scene where the, like, and that, I don't know who did the, the yeah, but phenomenal, I think. If you're going to open boxes, mine too. You should be ashamed. Skin is softer than think cardboard. Though. <laughs> and yeah, and he pulls it back, and you can see like bone through the cuts and and it's just it's not working any longer and that so again like I kind of forget about the violence and then like you hear all the screaming and it's all happening behind the door and then it brings his hand back in and he's like oh my god (sighs) (laughs) duct tape will solve anything I think I'd want to be knocked in. That's that's a good idea. Something to soak up the blood. Yeah. It might seal it up a little bit. I don't know. Watching this movie um, made me feel bad that Anton Yelchin died because I think he's really good in it. Um, When he gets his arm cut, he doesn't go for, like, tough guy dealing with pain. He goes, like, full, like, falling tears. I I know. And and I think anybody would, but in movies we don't often get realism. Yeah, the the guy would be like, oh, oh, don't worry about it. Um, but instead he just like whimpers and and cries and and not I think that that's that was a good choice for what happened Um, what is no you go And that is also pretty gross, too. 
Yeah, he was, I think he was breathing for quite a while. The dog was just like, you're, you're delicious. And then Sam got eaten too, right outside, I think, and it was the same sort of throat thing. I kind of like all the characters. No, no, well, not the skinhead jerks, but... Um, well, I do kind of like Gabe, the kind of sympathetic skinhead. I kind of feel yeah. bad for him. Like, I get the sense that he's around people that don't really like him, and he's there for... No. So, the... So, I, I think this movie is... This might be a problem with it. I don't see it as a problem. It delivers plot and story and content in a not straightforward way. And there's a lot of details. And so I think that it took me a watch or two to pick up on that the the girl, I forget her name, that, that dies, that she was going to leave and they were going to go to the authorities with with evidence and they were going to, like, turn in all the skinheads. And that was... No, a baseball bat. So there's a baseball bat that they found in the trunk of the car and that's when Darcy was like... Like, he his attitude towards Gabe changes where he, like, kisses him and he's like, you saved us all. Because, like, up until that point, he was just crapping all over Gabe and he's like, you're the reason we're in this mess and, and he's all pissy. But then they find this baseball bat that and it's just like little bits of dialogue that's given where that baseball bat was used in a, a murder that they had done before. Then the girlfriend and boyfriend decide we're out and they kept the bat. The bat was supposed to be destroyed, but they kept the bat and they're gonna go and they're gonna turn it over. They might have known about the drug lab, but that's not why they were I don't know if they knew or not. So Gabe was the one who walks to the cops at the end. Yeah. And then the boyfriend, so he's the guy who goes in towards the end um, with, like, there's two skinheads that go in at the end. They were supposed to kill whoever's left. They go in, and he's the one that asks about, like, who killed her. And then he tells the other skinhead to leave. And then he... Yeah, and I, that's another thing where it's like, oh, so the boyfriend of the girlfriend, he's going to come in and he's going to save them. Because it's not like Anton Yelchin. He weighs like 72 pounds and he's got like a gimp arm now. Um, and so it's like, what's he going to do? Um, Imogen Poots, I think, can take care of herself, but she's been shot in the leg and mm -hmm. stuff. And so it's like, this guy's their savior. And then like, what happens immediately? He gets his face shot off. Yeah, just completely gone. Completely gone. And that, that made me jump. And I've seen this movie like four times. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and, and even to the point where they're like, we're going to go. And it's like, well, but we're not ready. And it's like, when are we going to be ready? Mm-hmm. And it's like, either they come in here at us or we try to run, but like, mm-hmm. I'm done. And and then the, then there were people, the people that were like, no, we got to stay. And then it's like, got to go. And it's like, no, neither one of those positions makes sense. And they're in this like really awful position. Yeah. It has, this movie has one of my favorite, um, I guess, tropes where people are confined to one setting. And so they're just like stuck in this room um, or this club and it's just them trying to get out. And it's also kind of funny that they keep on running back yeah. to the room. They keep on finding themselves back. <laughs> I know, but, but they're trying to escape the green room. And where do they keep on going back to? Because it's safe, the green room. And yeah. Drug lines, they, they have to be clean. Um, the band, all the members of the band, I like. Um, Pat, Sam, Tiger, Reese, I think they're all. Um, and they kind of grow on me. Like, I, I didn't really like Reese because he was kind of like the, I guess, the, the, he was the violent one yeah. kind of of the group, but like towards the end, um, he kind of warms up and it's like everybody sort of has their own little kind of story arc. Yeah. Like, they, they seem like such a fun group mm-hmm. that would work together as a group. Like a tour, a tour documentary before they all died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be a kind of thing. Uh, there are a lot of parts of this movie that I really enjoy. One of them is when they're on stage and they go through, they go to start their second song and then the sound just cuts out and it's just slow-mo moshing. I thought that was really neat. And uh, when the lights go out and Amber, um, so like everything's dark and then there's just like this one lighter and she's like, careful now. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cheesy, but I, I really kind of, I dug that. She had some really wicked, like, parts in the the movie where she comes out of that that couch, yeah, creeps across yeah, the floor. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, and then she keeps on yelling down how many shots the guys got. Yeah. And then she dangles one guy's legs over the edge. Yeah. And then she goes on the murderous rampage at the end, mm-hmm. where Pat just thought that they were gonna like you know go to the cops because he's just a really nice person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then cute little things about like the his uh, desert island band, yeah. where he like he finally comes up with it and she doesn't care. <laughs> and then the song ends, I think, with a Credence Clearwater revival song. I like, is that supposed to be his? 
spin. Well, and they do the slice of life stuff too. Even at the end, um, after I think everything's pretty much resolved, we get these sort of a camera panning through different houses or different apartments, and you see Worm and another skinhead watching a show. The one skinhead's got like a needle hanging out of his arm, mm-hmm. and then you see um, Tad, um, the guy who's interviewing them. He's just vacuuming his, yeah. his apartment. And, like, that has nothing to do with anything. Like, what happened to... Yeah, and so I thought that that was really kind of neat. Um, and... One new way that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Did his, did his cousin die? I don't, I don't, if I ever knew, I don't know which one is. It's also hard to tell one skinhead apart from another skinhead. What did you think of the actor for Darcy? Yeah. Even for like an old, like, white guy? Yeah. He was Patrick Stewart in Star Trek. Any movie that calls for a bald guy, basically, that's kind of weird. Okay. I thought it was kind of neat because that part is really, I think, plays like a. I have to plug in my computer. We're running on got this cute little cap that he wears. There's also some really interesting details in the movie. Um, Like that we follow the skinheads inside when the cops are coming and we get to see the the two skinheads stab each other. Mm -hmm. Or, well, the one skinhead stabs the other skinhead as like a cover. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the... um, the dog is kind of like, yeah, it's sad because the dog's going to die. But you see this dog just sort of like walking through, like it just cuts back to like moseying down the road. And then he like curls up beside his, his owner. 
goes by the um, Amber and Pat because they're like, is this dog going to get us? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they take a beat on them, right? They, they, they get their guns out and they're like, they're just following them. Adrenaline. That might do it. Probably more like 15 or 20 minutes, maybe about an hour. Maybe slow reacting cocaine. And ultimately pointless, because it, it's not like it helps them. It's not like that helps them find a, a secret way in. Yeah. Again, it's it's a little yeah. element. Yeah, it's, it's like this big. You're the smallest, get in there. But they didn't even do that. I think a lot of those details just add up to it feeling real. Yeah. Like, yeah, let me try and get in the airbag. I probably would have overdosed on the drugs in the basement. <laughs> Were there even any drugs in the basement? I thought it was empty. I don't know. They could have looked harder. Start licking counters. Wonder what would have happened if they set the drug lab on fire. There's usually a lot of flammable things there. Would that have created a good diversion for them to escape from? Well, or they could have been caught in the fire as well. Yeah, because there, there was no real escape. Yeah. Or I don't think they would. Have So I don't think there's the front door and then there is the the window from the kitchen. No. Well, and then you've got like a bunch of skin heads waiting for you. But like once everyone was dead, then I'll just weird brick hole and just shoot down there for some I just thought it might be a diversion. <laughs> Do you think it's a horror movie? Usually when I think the difference between thriller and horror is that thriller is realistic and horror is usually more unbelievable, like more 
supernatural. But then Scream's a horror movie. It's not about supernatural things. Yeah. Um, and then thrillers, I think, are usually more psychologically based. And then it comes down to like a horror movie wants to horrify you and to settle you. And I think this movie, I think it's unsettling. A thrower? Yes. Should we watch other things? Okay. There's not a lot of happy movies that I like. Hmm? It is, yeah. I think so. <gasps> Kubo is so good. Fox Trolls. Yeah, Paranormal is pretty fun. There's a lot going on in Paranormal. Or there's the um, Wallace and Gromit. It's pretty fun. Well, and just the artistry. It's amazing to watch and then just go, somebody actually created this set and then like took one picture, like every movement that happened. Really? I love doing it. It's so much I'm going to it. It's like a light, slightly I did one in like six or seven. Is that from It's a Matter of Loaf or Death? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what kind of starring do you want to do for Green Room? Those are some of my favorite movie-going experiences where I watch a movie and I, and I leave feeling kind of lukewarm. Mm -hmm. And then I realize that I can't stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I need to watch it again. And then somehow, it's kind of like those bands that you hear and you don't really like them the first time you hear them. But then for whatever reason, you kind of go back and there's something that pulls you. Those are the bands and those are the songs that I usually fall in love with. It's the stuff that I have to learn to love. Yeah. 
All these white people just look the same. <laughs> I also have a hard time with it. And they, and they refer to people by their names a lot. It's like, who, and I know Worm just because he, he legitimately puts fear into my soul. I knew Amber, and I only knew Pat after his arm got on I remembered him as Tape Arm. <laughs> tape Arm Pat. You remember Tiger was the guy that got eaten by the dog. He seems sweet. He did. I I he might be my favorite. He just seemed really nice. Yeah. They all just leave once they realize it's a Nazi bar and they're all fine. Well they knew it was a Nazi bar Yeah. They did. Yeah. And they needed money. Like if they if they didn't have this gig, they they had to stop their their tour. I think they just thought we'll get some money and we'll go. They had no idea that they were going to stumble into a murder. So three point five. Would you watch it again? It'd be nice if you could find an edit of it where somebody puts the little name tags on everyone. Okay. It'd be funny if it was just, <laughs> if you went to the Wikipedia page and it was just like skinhead number one, number two, number three. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's it for today. Um, I have no idea what we're going to watch next week. Maybe something funner? Yeah. <laughs> okay. They do. Okay. Well, that's it. Bye-bye.